Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Keith, you've been working very hard on your your board lately. Were you designing lots of lovely new gardens? They range from the 10-acre job that I did... Mm down to the one I'm currently working on, which is probably nine metres long by ten metres wide. It is wrecking my brain trying to, to, you know, get everything that she wants into, into that, that space. Is it a is it a townhouse or No, no, no. It's it's a it's a small just a small backyard or half a backyard in uh, Clifton Springs over on the Bellarine Peninsula. Oh wow. And she no, wants so everything. Yeah, she wants she, she wants it highly productive, you know, and at the moment it's just uh, a whole area of just cuckoo you. Oh my goodness! Does she have a compost bin? I wonder. She has a compost bin. She has a worm farm. Oh, and that's she good. has um, an area that uh, this this sub pod that goes into a into a um, a garden bed that you chuckle your stuff in there, and that the worms get into it, and then they distribute it throughout the rest of the rest of the, the garden. Oh. But a problem is that she's got raised beds that are all made from tin. You know, oh. Which heats up like blazes oh. in summer and fries the poor little worms to. High heavens. Have you encouraged her to remove the tin and maybe... Um, I told her that... Uh, I asked her how much she spent on them uh. and she gave me a figure and I said, well, if you could get half back by selling them, I think you've done pretty well. Okay, so you have encouraged her to remove I've the been, tin. I've encouraged her to get rid of them, yeah. Great. Put in sleep, so, so in her backyard she, she's got um, one spot. She's got a, a lovely lemon tree and then she's got a lime tree and a, and a Tahitian lime. <gasps> how and, are they looking? Well, actually, they're, they're, they're looking pretty good but... Does she get full benefit from them? No, she doesn't. So, oh. the, well, she she's not really into limes, and she's not into the the, the you know the the kaffir lime, which you use for um, putting into Asian dishes. Cooking, yeah. So they, they're both a waste of space. But she's got a lemon tree, which is looking pretty good. So fantastic, and she so her soil must be pretty good then, because uh, we as we know, lemon trees can be uh, difficult to grow if your soil is not in great shape. Exactly. Exactly. So, so all those worms and the, her compost has, has obviously been of great benefit to her. So she's do, been doing the right thing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We talk about um, lemons and so forth. And years ago, when I worked in retail, we used to say every every morning, "I wonder how many questions we're going to get on what's wrong with my citrus tree." I do think that that's probably one of the most asked questions in the gardening Absolutely. world, isn't it? I think because just about every house has, nearly every house has a citrus tree of some kind, don't yeah. they? And, and, because you know, we all want lemons and limes to, to put into our gin and tonics and things. Well. Tell us about the, uh, someone is given a lime tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't, they're not gardeners. Mm-hmm. What do they do with that lime tree? Do they put it in the ground? Do they save it to put it, to keep it in a pot? What, what, what works? Okay. Big question. Right. So we need to first of all understand where the citrus originated from. So have you got any ideas where it Don't originated Don't ask me from? those questions. Just give me the answers, well, please. No, 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 no. No, have a think about it. <laughs> We've got it. Well, well it's, 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 a, it's a fruit tree. It's, it's more of a tropical? It is subtropical. Getting to? Yes. yes. Getting at? So it's from Southeast Asia yes. and parts of China. Yes. That's where it originated from. That's what you mean, yes. And... It's it, it's a plant that naturally hybridised, so it naturally 
um, created other varieties of itself without having to be done by human intervention. And there is, in, in Southeast Asia, there is actually a citrus tree over there that is 800 years old. Wow. So that's, that's pretty pretty amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. 800 years old. Yeah. And they don't get anywhere near that in most people's backyards no, because they, they kill them. That's right. So let's talk about how what they what we have to do. What's the first step? The first thing that you should you should think about is is before you go and buy yourself a lime is what you're going to do with it. And where's where is it going to go? Hmm. Because limes don't like certain conditions. They like full sun. Yep. And they like lots of food. Yep. And they like a certain type of soil. Now you're talking about limes. You're talking about limes, limes specifically. Citru- no, no, Can limes, we talk about lemons I'm, I'm and talking limes? About lemons, the, lime, everything citrus, orange. Everything. Oh, citrus. Oranges are a bit different, so we'll move on to that. Because yeah. yeah, moving on to that later. So, citrus trees love full sun. Yes. They love uh, a soil that that is free draining, so they don't like clay mm-hmm. at all. So you need to make these considerations about where you're going to put it. And if you haven't if you haven't got any idea, then stick it in a pot. Yeah. But understand you're going to need to um, lift it out of that pot every three or four years and change either the size of the pot, go up, yeah. or clean out all the all the old potting mix and re- replant it with some nice new potting mix because it doesn't last forever. Yeah, that's right. The pot, that's right because that, that is often the situation I think that people don't realise that the potting mix doesn't doesn't just keep producing wonderful nutrients all the time. No. It sort of it, 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 it dulls, diminishes. doesn't exactly. it, after a while? Yes. Exactly. Okay. If you're going to be buying a citrus tree, it's also nice to sort of find out, believe it or not, what it is, what rootstock it's growing on. Mm. All right? So there are, citrus trees are grown on different types of rootstocks and they're grown on different types of rootstocks to suit the area that they're going to be growing into. Okay, so right. a citrus tree in Queensland would be might be on a different rootstock to a to citrus tree in Tasmania. Exactly. For example. Okay. Exactly. Okay, so that they so that they will adapt. So yeah. They adapt properly to that particular. And that's probably another thing to, to sort of to sort of discuss right here and now is that citrus trees, being subtropical, don't like frost. No, God no. So they'll kill no. them. Um, and if you if you're in an area where you you might get the occasional frost, you'll find that the, that all the leaves will burn. And what you do then is you just leave it with those burnt leaves on it. It's not going to look very attractive, but those burnt leaves will protect the other leaves underneath it from the, any other frost that you might get. Right. So you don't prune those off until the, the plant's actually growing vigorously. Okay. So that would be somewhere places in Victoria and Tasmania. Yeah, would, yeah. Would, you, won't, you, just, would... you just won't get them to grow. Okay. But what about what we were just saying about the rootstock? Uh, the roots, the rootstock's not going, not going to have any effect on the type of foliage it, 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 is, it, it produces. Yeah, right, yeah. So it's not going to produce colder foliage, you know, that'll, that'll suit a colder environment. The, what the rootstock is and why they, why they change the types of rootstocks is for the types of soils. So there's one called flying dragon. That's, that's a, a rootstock. That's a citrus. That's a root, citrus rootstock flying it's called flying dragon. Yeah. And that will tolerate heavy soils and it will tolerate a little bit of wetness, not constant wetness but a little bit of wetness. Okay. All right, so that's one particular variety. There is another um, type of um, rootstock which is more for a sandy soil, an open soil, mm. um, and they'll grow, they'll grow, you know, if you've got lots of sand in, in, your, in your property. Okay. But the thing about, it, about citrus is that they're, they're surface-feeding root systems. Yes. All right, so all the, all, the, all the roots are just below the surface except for maybe some deep anchoring roots that go down. So they go the across the ground rather than, further, rather the, than going exactly, down into the ground. Exactly. Because yep, yep. what they're after is first access to food. 
Mm-hmm. They're, they're desperate to eat. They love to eat. Desperate. And do you know how often you should feed your citrus fruit? When you say feed, you talk about, depends on, like it could be soluble, non-soluble. Yeah, yeah. But Tell me. You should be feeding them monthly, every month, because citrus trees grow all year round. They don't have a dormant period or they don't have a slowdown. They're constantly growing, constantly producing lemons or flowers. So okay. you need to keep on feeding them once a month. Okay, so can I get personal for a moment? I have something called Neutrog Gigantic, which I've mm-hmm. found, which is a fantastic product. But it says on the product to feed it seasonally rather than monthly. Is yep. that because I'm is that that particular product or should I be using that under seasonally probably, and probably then half. use something else? No, I'd be probably using Gigantic in half maybe half the rate that they recommend. Monthly. Monthly, yeah. Because they're heavy, heavy feeders, (laughs) incredibly heavy feeders. Is that why? part of the reason why one of my citrus trees, my lime tree isn't particularly healthy because I'm not feeding it enough? Probably not feeding enough. And the other thing they hate. What do they hate? What do they hate? Tell me. Competition. Oh, you mean grass or other plants nearby? They hate hate other plants around them. Okay. So... Don't plant them in a, in a lawn situation because the lawn will compete with the with the uh, the citrus trees in order to get nutrients out of it. Okay, but can we plant it into the lawn and then actually make a big circular area around Garden that tree? Garden fill with what? Compost and Compost mulch. Compost and mulch. And exactly. It'll be fine. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yep. Okay. All right. But a lot of people do plant them in a in a gar- in a grass in situation. Yeah. And I, I, I was wondering if it's okay if we actually move that grass away from the tree, so we have a circle, you know, a circular bed around that tree, yep. and make sure that the grass is back far enough so that the, the, uh, the what do you call it? Sorry, tell me what's the word? The drip line. The drip line. Thank you. That's the word. Oh. Is yeah, away from the drip line. Exactly. Yep. Thinking of the canopy of the tree is the word I was thinking yes. of. So that that's that's you know, yep. away from that area. The size of the tree. Thank you. Yep. But the drip line is where if it rains, the water hits the tree, hits the leaves and then falls down at, at its hits extremity and hits the soil. Rather and that's out, that's out to where you should have your mulched area. Yes. Not, you know, just 300 mil around the trunk of the tree because yes. all the roots are out where the drip line is. Okay. So that's where you're going to feed it to. Great. Let's talk a bit more about the soil. Mm-hmm. What else we need to do with that soil? Because isn't it isn't it important to actually do a, a, a pH test on the exactly. soil? Yes. Before you put the tree in again, or, or just on a regular basis to make sure if there's are there any problems with that tree, that it could be that the pH level, which if we check that, then it has to be at a certain level, and then mm-hmm. we add whatever yep. needs to be added. What is there a specific number that that should be? Yes, or is it very- yes, there is. Citrus trees do not like alkaline soil, so they don't like a soil that is above seven and they prefer a, a, a soil that is between five and five and a half. Wow. So, so what if you're a six, which I'm sure mine is because I checked six, it the other day. Is, six is probably not too bad. Okay. But anything over six, you'd want to be putting you know, flowers of sulphur or, or, or something else like that into the soil to, to just to, to take that pH down. Okay. Well, I'm being personal again. Mine yeah. is six. Yep. It's The leaves are yellowing and yes. there's no fruit. Oh, the fruit's okay. dropping off. What's yep. wrong with it, Keith? Okay. I've done everything I can. I know you have. I know you have. But it's looking a lot better than it did this time last year, let me tell you. So the thing that determines good uh, fruit set and good flowering is a a particular element, which is one of the three main elements, and that's potassium. Ah. So you might need to give it a little bit more potassium around the drip line of the tree, but you you should also be then fertilising every month. 
to ensure that it's going to be Okay, so just start feeding it more often. Yep, feed it more often. Okay, it at, a, at, a, at, a, at a lower strength. Of the gigantic, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gigantic is a fantastic product though, isn't it? It is, it's great. By neutral. All organic, neutral. Yes, yes, natural, it natural, is. organic, definitely. Nothing chemical. No, don't put anything chemical related into the ground. And what about pruning the citrus trees? Okay, pruning the citrus trees is done in exactly the same um, manner that you'd prune just about any other fruiting tree. That is, you don't want it to be any higher than you can reach the fruit from. So for practical reasons. Yeah, yes, yes. exactly. Yep. Um, and you want the, the internal part of the tree to be open to allow air and light to get down into the middle of the tree so that the fruit will, will, will ripen. Yep. Um, and, and the, it'll get good air circulation because the last thing you want is uh, humidity and, mm. and an environment that is, is going to be just creating pest and disease, yes. uh, you know, an environment for pest and disease. Yes. Now we've moved in, we've segued into an interesting subject for citrus trees. How many pests and diseases can we find that people are constantly talking about with their citrus trees? Yeah. Lots. Lots. There's, there's, there's probably about a dozen different diseases for citrus trees, so it's not too bad. So a lot of people ring and say the, 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 the trunk of the tree or the branch of the tree have got this black stuff on them. Mm-hmm. And the black stuff is actually a byproduct of another bug that could be on the tree, which is generally black scale. Yes. So the black scale is 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 a little bug that, that that like a limpet mine. He sucks himself, sticks himself to either the leaves or the bark bark of the plant, and he sucks out of the the, the, the tree the sugars and the sap. The goodness. The goodness. Mm. And out the top of him, he exudes a sugary substance. And the ants. Love, love this sugary that. substance. They come up there and they crawl up the tree, they crawl onto the top of the, of, of the, the scale, mm. get the sugary substance and then with their, their sticky substance on their feet they go back down the tree, spreading the sugar. And then what it loves the sugar as well is mould, black uh, sooty, sooty mould. Yes. And that's another problem you get. So you've created three problems out of one. Yes, so, yes. So what did we do to avoid that? What did we do to fix that? Okay, so we do regular applications of either eco oil yep. or pest oil, okay. which, are, which are both a, an oily um, product yep. and you just simply spray that over the whole tree, under the leaves, over the top of the leaves, all on the branches and everything else on a regular basis. So every probably every six to eight weeks that should be done. Until it's, it's eradicated? No, Or just forever. keep doing it forever? Just forever because you've just got to be looking after citrus trees. To, you know, just... just Forget it for a minute and I tell you what, you'll have you'll have pest and disease crawling over it like you wouldn't believe. Gosh, people, you, we've got to babysit our citrus trees, don't we? We certainly <laughs> got to look after them. Now, what is that uh, that disease, that that citrus leaf miner, is it? It is, yeah. That's that's a big one, isn't it? That's another big one. Yeah. And the same two um, applications of either uh, eco oil or pest oil will look after that little sod as well. Okay. So that you go out there one, one day and you'll see all your leaves chewed or you'll see these this little funny framework underneath the leaves and that's where the leaf miner is, is, is working his little sods off. Um, there's another one. You'll have to remind me. The one, I can't remember the name right now, where the neighbours can have the problem on their tree. We will catch that as well. Yep. It's called? Citrus gall wasp. wasp. Thank you. That isn't a good one. No, it's not. No. And that's... you know what? Yes. If you lived in England... Or you lived in Europe, you'd never have that problem. Okay, why is that? Because the citrus gall wasp comes from our endemic citrus tree, and that is a plant called Micromyrtus 
Australasica. Uh-huh. And that is the finger lime. Oh, right. Yes. Right. So the finger lime comes from the subtropics again. Yes. But it is an Australian native citrus. And it produces this little over I know, uh, uh, on the on the citrus limes. It has a little parasitic wasp that is so small that is the most useless flying insect you've ever seen in your life. And he will, when he when he's in his mature state, mates, and then he he moves about three to four, or even maybe five or six mil up up the stem up to the to newer part of the tree. Yeah. After he's mated, bores a little hole into the into the bark and lays his eggs, and then that creates a wasp, and that wasp then creates these horrible gnarly things on your um, on your uh, your citrus tree that stops the growth of the tree in its effective manner. But that's from our citrus. Ah, so gosh, how do people have citrus? What are they called? Finger lime farms cope with that spraying. Well, they've, they've got to, they're just constantly spraying, yeah, that's all. Gosh. And so the only way you can actually rectify it in your, if you've got a, a citrus tree in your garden with citrus wasp yes. is to... Citrus gall wasp. Citrus yeah. gall wasp yeah. is to go and prune those horrible gnarly bits off, put them into a, um, a, a plastic bag and put them straight into the... Rubbish bin. The rubbish bin. Not into your garden waste not bin, in not compost. into your compost, no. not into anything but the rubbish wrapped up. And I've also heard that you can put it in water, drown it or do something. Is that true or is that not, not a good method? I don't think it's worth worrying about. I think it's straight in the bins. Into the, the bin, thing. yes. And then you've got to let your neighbours know as well. Yeah, because tell everyone needs to get a problem. Because it keeps on spreading. It does. Yep, yep, okay. What other diseases are people wanting to hear about? If people had followed all those things that we spoke about, like making sure the pH is right, making sure that they're fed on a regular basis and making sure that you're pruning it properly so you're opening it out to let the air and everything else get into it and you're spraying with pest oil or eco oil on a regular basis, you shouldn't have anything else to worry about Okay. because the trees should be... Beautiful and healthy. Yes. Well, maybe we wouldn't even have any problems with any of these diseases if we put it into the right soil and fed it the right compost, etc., yep. etc., et and then we wouldn't have any diseases. Exactly. And that would, be, that would then become the least asked question on, <laughs> on gardening shows. So What's start wrong? from scratch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you, Keith. That's great information. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.